Welcome to the When Everything is Missions podcast with Matthew Ellison from 1615 Church Missions Coaching and Denny Spitters from Pioneers USA. This monthly podcast is inspired by the book When Everything is Missions. Now, here is Matthew and Denny. I'm Matthew Ellison, president of 1615 Church Missions Coaching. I'm with my very good friend, Denny Spitters, who is the vice president of Church Partnerships Pioneers. And I want to welcome our listening audience to the When Everything is Missions podcast. Denny, it's good to be with you again today. Appreciate you uh, spending time with us here. Yep. So, Great to be here. I thought it might be helpful for those who are listening who did not hear the first podcast to just let them know why we wrote this book, what it's all about. Sure. Uh, we wrote the book because, based upon your and my uh, context in the mission world and working with churches on a regular basis and being around a lot of believers uh, from a variety of backgrounds, we wrote it because there's a lot of confusion about missions, mm-hmm. and that's what we began to see more and more. There's confusion about missions, but there's very strong confusion about the Great Commission and what it's, uh, why it was given and what are the consequences inside and outside of the church. Um, maybe you can talk a little bit more about the confusion that we see. Yeah, I've been working with churches in mobilization capacity for about 20 years. I think your numbers are almost the same. Is that right? Over yeah. 20 years. And with rare exception, do I interact with church and missions leaders where they have a shared biblical understanding and definition of missions. You get these church and missions leaders in the room and you ask what the Great Commission is and you get a hundred different answers. And frankly, a lot of um, contentious ideas. I mean, they're not on the same page. So, you know, missions has traditionally consisted of cross-cultural ministry to evangelize and disciple the world that's outside our community and especially outside of our culture. But today, there's this idea that surfaced that says any good deed is missions. Yep. Any altruistic yes. work is missions. Just love someone, that's missions. If you're sincere about it, you're putting your heart into it, it's missions. Absolutely. Everything is missions. And so what's happened is there's this broadening definition, and it's led to a philosophy that says every follower of Christ is a missionary, and every single ministry done in Jesus' name is missions. I mean, come on, you've heard it, right, Denny? You're a missionary. I'm a missionary. In fact, how many churches are there when you leave the auditorium or the sanctuary, the pastor says, you are now entering the missions field. Yep. So this book, When Everything is Missions, explores these ideas that everyone's a missionary, everything is missions, and they're pervasive, as we already said. They're popular ideas. And what we do in the book is we ask some key questions. Are these biblical ideas? Mm. Are they helpful? Yeah. And I think most importantly, do they lead to more missions work being accomplished or less? Yeah. Right? No, that's really that's really important. Look, when every one is considered a missionary and every action is considered missions, then nothing is right. missions right. ultimately. Mm-hmm. And Stephen Neal said that some years back. Um, I think what really happens is biblically we lose the focus of Matthew 28, go into the world and make disciples of all nations. And um, that's what begins to happen there is there are cultures, there are people groups, there um, are segments of the world that have no access Mm -hmm. to the gospel. And uh, when these things are overlooked, ignored, and forgotten by our churches, our, our churches suffer um, because of that. And I, and I would go beyond that and say our lives individually also suffer because of that. Um, 
our churches lose the life and vitality, and we do too, yeah. that comes from co-laboring with Jesus in the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Again, not just making disciples, but making disciples of all nations. Yeah, I think it's important. This is not just semantics. I mean, some listeners yeah. might go, well, what's the big deal here? What, what's the harm in calling everyone a missionary? But these are fundamental issues. Words have meaning. And when Jesus gave the Great Commission, he was conveying objective meaning and purpose. And we just can't pool our good ideas and say, well, this is missions or, you know, follow half truths or assumptions that are based on, you know, cultural trends right now. Right. He gave us a very clear mission and the consequences are massive. They're severe. As you mentioned, yes. people groups who are in spiritual darkness remain in spiritual darkness. That's the consequences of the confusion. And then, as you pointed out, and I just want to emphasize it, churches don't have life. Yeah. I believe some of the best joy available to God's people, to his church, this side of heavens, heaven comes when we suffer and sacrifice for the sake of the gospel. And so when everything is missions, we miss out on these things. Yes. So Denny, let's change gears just a little bit. The book's been in a pre-release mode over the last couple of months. And we've just started trade release now. We're pretty excited about some of the results. But what's happened so far and what can we expect in the next few months? Yeah, we've seen uh, some books go out initially and um, obviously different people have read them and commented on them and given some feedback. It was really interesting. Our organization did uh, um, kind of a, a Facebook lead on it, so to speak. And, uh, you know, our, gave it away for a donation, that sort of an idea. And the the kind of the feed that came back mm -hmm. showed a lot of controversy yeah. about this topic, a, a tremendous amount. You know, people saying, well, what are they talking about? Everybody's a missionary. You know, you, you're crossing into a mission field when you walk across the street into a bar and go share Jesus. That's crossing a culture. Yeah, right. So there's and then people pushing back on that. And then so it's really been interesting to see it is in one sense what we expected. Right. You know, and what we actually hoped for That's because right. we want to get people really thinking mm -hmm. well about this topic and this idea and not just responding from some half-truths, assumptions, or even urban legends. That's right. So so maybe you could talk a little bit about some of the responses we've had that yeah, you've I, heard. I want to key off something you said. I, I think... We wrote this book to create disequilibrium. You know, we wanted to create tension in the hearts and minds of people who th their missions, actions have not been shaped by biblical convictions. Right. But as you mentioned, half truths, assumptions. I, I just, I really like that. If you want to be provoked, read the book. I mean, <laughs> that's the whole idea here because yes. thinking is so important. L let me talk about some of the positive feedback. We sent out a couple hundred pre-releases to some key influencers, and as you mentioned, we got some feedback. One of the ones that stands out to me is Kevin DeYoung. He's a key yeah. leader in the Gospel Coalition, a really prominent church leader. And unexpectedly, he just gave us this incredible review on a blog. Uh, it was pretty powerful. And then most recently, he said it was one of his top reads of 2017. I was really humbled to hear that and honored here. Yeah, he said it was his, in his top 10. Top I was 10 really for humbled 2017. By that. Yep. This is what he said. He said, the book reminds us that if we think all of this is missions and everyone is a missionary, we will end up neglecting the very task laid out for us in the Great Commission, hmm. namely reaching all nations. And man, he just caught that. So Kevin's response is similar to some of the other leaders that have read the book, church and missions leaders. But these are people who already understand the critical importance of allowing the Bible to shape and inform our missions definition. But there's other leaders out there. You mentioned some of them who've read it and it's creating tension. 
Yes. Um, it's causing frustration. And so, mm -hmm. Danny, maybe you can talk a little bit about those responses. I hit on some of the positive ones. Talk about some of sure. the, the critical responses, what's going on, and maybe what's behind it. Why are these fighting words? When we say everyone's not a missionary, <laughs> why are they fighting words? Well, first of all, because we're pushing up against some well-held-onto um, sacred cows and yeah, assumptions. That's right. And when you push up against those, um, it's interesting watching one of the feed where the guy, uh, a particular guy, three or four times pushed back really, really hard. And at the beginning of each one simply said, now I haven't read the book yet. <laughs> <laughs> and, and which is fair, yeah, you know, sure. and of course I welcome that. I, you yep. welcome that. I, we're not afraid of that. But what it really shows is that people have some strong convictions that have uh, been held for quite some time or assumed right. without really opening up the Bible or without it being challenged mm -hmm. in such a way that it really challenges the priorities of not just individuals, but the church mm -hmm. when it comes to missions. Yeah, absolutely. So th those are some of maybe the more negative things that have come up. Uh, you know, we push back pretty strongly on the whole idea that the answer to missions overseas uh, both from a cost return on investment and uh, also from a practical aspect is just to pay someone else, uh, to pay um, somebody to do proxy missions for right. us, to, to have the nationals, unquote, do it, and to go to the next door people groups, et cetera. And that's the key. And of course, we we handle that in the book and we push back on that in, in, a, uh, you know, in a strong way, but in a fair way. And uh, so those are some of the things that are tension points. Mm -hmm. And I would say uh, w people would do well to kind of read uh, what some of the things we are talking about uh, in the book really, you know, what we're challenging them on and uh, why we're challenging them. Denny, so we've talked about how there's this prevailing idea that every good work, every altruistic act is a missions act. And we've really marginalized the preaching and the proclamation of the gospel. Yes. And, and there's not an emphasis on disciple making and church planning. Um, maybe you can talk a little bit about how the book addresses that, what we talk prioritism, right? Sure. Yeah, the whole idea of prioritism. And, and really, this has to do with a bigger concept of seeing the church in mission drift. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, this whole idea, it, 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 it was in the Bible, even from Galatians 5, mm -hmm. where Paul is... Um, he is really defending the gospel um, because the gospel was being redefined right. by adding circumcision to the gospel. Mm -hmm. So uh, the whole idea of prioritism and holism, uh, I, I want to give a quote here that I think will kind of help. Okay. And we're going to get into the weeds just a little bit That's here. Fine. Here's what it says. This quote is by Andy Crouch. These days, I do not often meet Christians so passionate about evangelism that they question the need to doing justice. I am much more likely to meet Christians so passionate about doing justice that they question the need for evangelism. Yeah, that's, right. that's pretty uh, a stark statement. And, and I think what it does, you know, those who advance evangelism as the priority and the mission of the church are now in a clear minority to those um, you know, who among self-described evangelicals. And when we talk about prioritism versus holism, here's the general idea behind it. Okay. Prioritism sustains a time-honored distinction between the primary mission of the church and secondary supporting ministries. Okay. 
Uh, it's not reductionist. It doesn't say, um, you know, we neglect all social ministries on one hand or confine the cross-cultural work of, of missions strictly to evangelism on the other. It simply retains the priority okay. for the right. Great Commission. Mm-hmm. Now, holism, on the other hand, is oriented towards the meeting of basic human needs. So what are some of the human needs we have? Water. Uh, yep, yep. Orphan care. Yep. Including the uh, need for God, but also the need for food, love, mm-hmm. housing, clothes, all of these sort of things in human dignity. It takes into account that people are made up of, uh, of bodily, social, and spiritual needs. However, um, the other thing that's really important to understand is that there are differences between the two. And I'm going to outline them kind of simply here. Okay. Prioritism says evangelism is more important than other ancillary activities. Holism, however, says evangelism is, is equally important as other ancillary activities. Prioritism says the kingdom of God happens through conversion. Holism says the kingdom of God happens through political action. Mm-hmm. Prioritism says the gospel is that where Christ, it's all about what Christ has done for his church. Holism says, no, the gospel is what the church does for others. You see some of the subtle differences? Yeah, right. I'm going to give you just a couple more. Uh, prioritism says getting people on earth to heaven is a priority. Holism says getting heaven to people on earth is a priority. Mm-hmm. Um, it also says, prioritism says, Mission is a specific task. Holism says mission is everything we do. And prioritism says this might be the most picturesque piece. It says that rescuing people from a burning building is critical and is the image we would use. Holism says rescuing a burning building with people inside. So there are some subtle differences that lead us to one place or another, and um, the prioritize the prioritizing of the gospel easily gets lost. Yeah, I think it's important that we mention here that we're not saying that there shouldn't be acts of mercy and kindness no. and justice done in Jesus' name. We know He calls us to that, but we must proclaim the gospel. And again, when everything is missions, the gospel proclamation gets left behind. Listen to this quote: "Making people comfortable." on the way to everlasting punishment mm. is not mercy. Uh, I think we really need to grip that. And that's what the book really challenges here. L- let me push on something a little bit, Denny, if I can. That's what we like to do with this book, right? Yep. What about St. Francis Assisi? I mean, you know you know the famous quote, <laughs> right? It's coming. And so we've already stepped on some people's toes, I'm sure. But preach the gospel at all times. When necessary, use words. I mean, yes. come on. Yeah, of course. That's that's used over and over. Actually, it's a complete urban legend. That's right. It is the most false statement attributed to anybody. Francis never said it. That's right. Never wrote it. None of his disciples ever said it or wrote it. Um, so it's completely false. But it's often held onto as kind of the way to move forward. That somehow proclamation of the gospel is able to happen with no actual giving of words. That's right. (laughs) Is that crazy? Well, I mean, you can't proclaim the gospel without words. I mean, to take what the, again, the quote is um, not his, but it is necessary 
to of proclaim course. the gospel if you're going to communicate the gospel, right? Yep. Yep. I agree. And let me talk about one more thing in regards to this. Here, here's a quote I want to give by John Piper that I think helps focus on something because we do push back strongly in this book on the whole idea of compassion ministry without the gospel. Without, that's the key. And compassion ministry more so without the priority of the gospel. That's right. So here's what Piper says, and I think this is helpful. Our greatest satisfaction and our greatest good comes to us in God. Therefore, when it comes to the lost, those who don't know Jesus, um, the best way to obey the great commandment, yeah. which is to love, love your neighbors or Right. Which is the core of holism is to implement the great commission. That's really good. That's really huge. If you're going to love your neighbor as yourself, the best way to do it is to obey the great commission. It is to make disciples because what is the greatest need? Right. It, it's the soul. Well, well, the greatest need. How about what the, the real question is? What's the greatest injustice yeah, that's right. that we would actually see mm -hmm. happening today um, in the face of horrendous injustices in, of economic, social, political, environmental spheres of present day human existence? One injustice, I believe, surpasses them all. And uh, people who suffer injustice most in our time are those who have been deprived of the gospel, of the word, of yeah. the life-giving yeah. life of Jesus for the simple reason that those who have known it for centuries have not been interested in passing along. That is a great injustice. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's a lot of people. That's two and a half to maybe three billion people in the world with no access. And surely this is the most currently pervasive and eternally consequential right. injustice confronting the mission of the church. So, Denny, we contend that one of the reasons there is this great injustice and the nations are being marginalized, forgotten, ignored, is because we're calling everyone a missionary. Right. So, I'd like to talk briefly. I hope people listen to this and pick up the book and get more details. Well, why isn't everyone a missionary? <laughs> yeah, let me talk about that. And before I even answer that question, let me make it clear. When we say that not every follower of Christ is a missionary, it doesn't mean that anyone's off the hook. Right. Okay, everyone has a role to play in the Great Commission. Yes. Every disciple of Jesus is called to be engaged in Nobody's Great Commission exempt. work. No That's church, right. no individual. So when we say Jesus. not everyone's a missionary, we're not saying that you know you get a pass. Okay, right. Every disciple, however, is not a missionary. And let me explain this a little bit. Would you say that every disciple should be involved in the soul care of one another? Yep, absolutely. Right? But would you call every single disciple a pastor or an elder? Is every follower of Christ a pastor? No. Of course not. Say So no more than every follower of Christ is a missionary. So let's talk about a missionary. A missionary is someone with a distinct biblical role. It is someone who is sent out into another culture with the gospel. So in the book, we talk about this in more detail, but the Bible speaks of apostles mm -hmm. 136 times, Denny. That's significant. No, you don't mean capital A, no, the, the 12 disciples, Paul. And Paul. No, we're okay. not talking about capital A. We're talking about small a here. And apostles in the New Testament are those who cross cultures with the gospel. And this is exactly where we get the concept of missionary from. So what mm. we do is we link missionary and apostle, which means sent one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now understand something. We're not saying that missionary is a rank. 
They're not holier than now. They're not better than us. They're not more spiritual. It is not a rank. It's a role. And again, all roles are vital. But mm-hmm. when everyone is a missionary, nobody's a missionary. The priority of reaching the nations gets lost. Or you could say this another way. What is everybody's role is nobody's role. So look, mm-hmm. when someone stays at home and God calls people to stay at home, okay? Yes. He calls them to be salt and light to their neighbors and to have a role in the reaching of the nations. But when someone physically stays at home, they're not a missionary. <laughs> they're I not mean, sent. <laughs> right? Yes. Absolutely not. How is it even possible to be sent out if you stay at home? It's right. not even possible. That's Romans 10. That's right. Romans 10, 14, 15. The whole idea of... How will they hear unless someone is sent? That's right. How will they hear unless someone preaches to them? That means they're actually going to have to hear the words. That's absolutely true. So there is actually the whole point of of being sent. Denny, let's talk a little bit about everyone not being, I mean, I just talked about everyone not being a missionary, excuse me. But why don't you talk a little bit about why every work done in Jesus' name is not a missions work? Sure. Well, I think a lot of this is dependent upon us looking very clearly at Matthew 28, 18 to 20, the mm-hmm. Great Commission, and inclusive of the other four commissioning statements right. of Jesus. So the key here is when Jesus said, go into the world and make disciples, that's not where it stops. It's go into the world and make disciples of all nations. That is the prioritized mm-hmm. work of not only disciple making, but of mission for the church. Um, that was his last words, um, you know, as a commission to us. Now, when we say in all nations, people automatically think what? They think, oh, China, China India. Germany. Yeah, Nation exactly. States, political exactly. states. Now, we're not Greek scholars. Nope. Uh, at least I don't. I, I don't. didn't see. Okay, no. you're not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and neither am I. But the original words are panta to ethne. Right. Uh, so we have to think that that actual word, in the, those words in the Greek mean Distinct people groups, distinct language, and distinct culture. Right. So India alone has more than 2,500 wow. nations or people groups mm-hmm. within India. Most of them have no access to the gospel. Uh, the Great Commission, according to Jesus, is just not about, well, just go do good works in my name and somehow I'm going to accomplish the Great Commission It's not that at all. It's not even about making disciples, period. But it's about making disciples of all nations. Nations. And not just winning as many people as we can. Right. So the priority of the missions task is not just to win as many people to Jesus as possible. It's it's not simply doing acts of kindness and mercy in Jesus' name. It is to plant the gospel in every nation, tribe, and tongue. Yeah. So, you know, we talked about this. Missionaries are the sent ones, according to Romans That's right. you know, 10, 14, and 15. They are sent to those nations, tribes, and tongues. They are the beautiful feet yeah. that bring the good news of Jesus to these peoples. Yeah, that's right. So I want to share something here. It's an illustration that I think it's been really helpful for me and those I've shared it with that will help people understand the difference between just making disciples and making disciples of all nations. So if the goal of the Great Commission were just to make the deci- make disciples or to win as many people to Jesus as possible, Denny, we might view world missions like pouring syrup on a pancake, right? Oh, okay. Pancake sure. is the world, the syrup's the gospel. Begin pouring the syrup in the center of the pancake, the gospel syrup. Just keep it right there. Stay right there. Pour, pour, pour until the syrup permeates 
the pancake, right? Well, the Great Commission is not just about winning as many people to Jesus as possible. As you pointed out, it's about making steady headway and reaching every nation, tribe, and tongue. Consider a waffle with me, right? Each square represents every unique language, tribe, and tongue, distinct cultures. And there's those crispy edges that form barriers. Well, if you want to saturate a waffle with syrup and you pour in the center and you keep pouring, because of the texture and the crispy edges, the syrup will likely not reach the outer squares. Yeah. In the same way, reaching all nations, the fulfillment of the Great Commission means that we have to take the syrup and intentionally pour it into every single square. That's the goal of the Great Commission. And I think that's helpful for people to understand what it means to fulfill the Great Commission. Sure. Um, well, some people will probably ask, well, what's the harm in calling everybody a missionary and every good work a missions work? Group? Right. If it, if it got the job done, quote unquote, why not? Let's just go with it. And on the surface, I love it. You know, I love the fact that somehow everybody would think of themselves not only as being a missionary for the purpose of sharing the gospel, but that will never motivate you to share no, the gospel that's right. until you are in love with Jesus at a level that it pours out of you. Mm-hmm. Forget about whether you think of yourself as a missionary or not. That is the core to what is the most important part yeah. of a passion to share the gospel. It has to come from within. It can't be something that somehow you just learn because, oh, missionaries do this and so I should do it. No, disciples do this. Yeah. Jesus made it clear that we are his witnesses. So um, I would say the harm in calling everybody a missionary is this. And I think David Platt said it best. Yeah. The greatest injustice in the world today is that thousands of people groups, numbering billions of people, are on a path that leads to eternal hell. And no one has even told them how they can go to heaven. He says that is intolerable. And I think that is key because it shows the impact on our churches, lack of compassion, awareness of those people groups with limited access to the gospel. And we forfeit the privilege of bringing the fulfillment of the Great Commission uh, and be a part of the greatest movement in history. So I hope we've provoked some hearts today. That's why I wrote the book. Um, again, not just to create tension for tension's yep. sake, but to help people appraise whether or not their missions actions are being shaped by scripture. That's what it's all about. So Denny, how can listeners pick up the book if they're interested? Well, it's very easy and they can go to the website, um, www.whenevertheringismissions.com and it's on Amazon as well, both in uh, um e-form and uh, pretty soon in audio form as well. That's right. And let me one final shot here. Stop calling everyone a missionary. It's not helping. It's not helping. This has been Matthew Ellison with 1615 and with Denny Spitters, Vice President of Partnerships at Pioneers. Please join us next month for the next installment of When Everything is Missions. You've been listening to Denny Spitters and Matthew Ellison discussing their book, which is available on Amazon or at whereeverythingismissions.com. Join us next month for the podcast, When Everything is Missions. Everything is Missions.